Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad Rhino. And in Studio X, making sure everything runs correctly for us. It is Wednesday, contrary to what Richard Cross would have you believe. It is the middle of the week. Two more days to go until we get to Memorial Day weekend. I hope you guys have big plans for that. I certainly, uh, I don't. I'll just come right and tell you, I got got nothing going on this weekend. But I like it that way. This is my my first off weekend, you know, since... uh, Back in, in, you know, Labor Day weekend. There's a no weekend with no Mississippi State sports of any kind to cover. So we're going to talk about that on today's uh, Thunder and Lightning. We're going to sort of, a, you call it a year in review, call it a report card, call it whatever you like. But we're going to talk about baseball, basketball, football on today's Thunder and Lightning. And, and not only, you know, what happened this year, but let's we can go ahead and take the peek ahead uh, in all three of those and, and what I think is going to happen uh, next year. And then there's some relevant news. Uh, especially in men's basketball that we, we would need to talk about. Uh, but we'll start here in baseball. Just finished up. And, uh, well, I'm sorry, but how can I give it anything but an F? Right? A, you know, a losing a nine and another 9-21 and 21 record in the SEC. They don't even make it to Hoover for the second straight year. That's a failure in any form or fashion. I will hear no debate against me on this one. And when we get to football and baseball, if I do B or A and you want to say, well, they could, I'll listen. I will not listen on this one. This is a total failure. You know, and, and, and there's no getting around that. Um, and so now, I mean, I can't even, you know, I don't even know a spot to start to like, where did it go wrong? It, it was wrong from the first weekend. And you go back and they lost to VMI and they allowed 11 stolen bases in that game. I mean, at that point, you should have, I, I feel bad. I, I remember this pretty pretty vividly. I said on the podcast, I said, I'm going to overreact to week one. Last week the year, I didn't overreact to week one when they, when they lost two out of three to Long Beach State. I should have. You know, everybody says, oh, it's early, it's early. You're playing VMI. You should get all three. They didn't, and I, I didn't overreact the way I wanted to. I should have I should, I should just been right there and been like, nope, not going to happen this year. I would have been a genius. But I didn't get it. But... You know, I mean, when you look at this season and, and the way that it played out, and it's it's so weird, non-conference play, You, I, I had some hope there. I thought, okay, they're, they're a little better than last year. I, I think they're a little better, and they they got some, they, they took two out of three from Arizona State, and they had that, what, seven-game winning streak, and I was just like, look, they're not beating anybody, but they didn't win seven in a row at any point last year, and maybe it's going to be all right, and it wasn't. It was not all right by any by anybody's definition of the word all right. And so now, you know, we're at this point, F, can it be an F minus? I mean, it's not good. It's not good. It's a curve wrecker. 
Um, you look at where where you are now with Mississippi State baseball. Obviously, Chris Lamonis will return as the head coach for a for another season. Uh, that'll be what his uh, ooh, it's his sixth season overall, but his fifth full season here in Starkville next year. And you know, couldn't have a more dire, you know, comparison, right? His first two full seasons, two College World Series, and a national title. The state was. This is the one I get. The state was forty and twenty in the conference in those two years. Last two years, back to back, missing Hoover, back to back, subpar season. State's eighteen and forty-two in the conference in those two years. What more do you need to say? What about next year? Step one is, is hiring a pitching coach, obviously. Some really good names out there right now. The one I think that you want to keep an eye on. I'm going to give you a little, 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 little taste here. Keep an eye on, on Rob Walton from Oklahoma State. Now, the Cowboys are, are deep into the NCAA tournament, or they will be. They will probably have a chance to host, I believe. So that could be a few weeks out. But that's the name I would keep an eye on if I were you. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't other names, and it doesn't mean that it couldn't go another way. I'm just saying, as we see today, that's the, that, that, that would be the name of interest for me, based on what I'm hearing, based on people I'm talking to. Other names are out there. And again, you know, you never know with these kind of things, right? I mean, especially when you think back to Mississippi State and the offensive coordinator search, right? And how that went, and how tight lipped everything was, and then Kevin Barbet pops up out of no- nowhere. So we'll see if that's the case. Then it's going to be into the portal and pitching. Pitching, 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 pitching. I'm almost willing to say, look, you've got Highfill, Jordan, Mershon, and Hunter Hines. That's a good enough core in your lineup. The rest of the bats can find their way off of what you got, but you've got to find pitching. Put it all into pitching. Because you really need to go out and get two starters. Now, I don't, I'm not saying you got to go out there and get Paul Skeens. Those guys are not. They're very unlikely they're going to be out there. They are. You have to go. You need to go do everything you can to go get one. But I don't. I'm not saying that guy exists. But you got to go out and get two guys that you feel like you could probably throw on Friday, Saturday. You know, can Gerangelo Sinjay and Bradley Lofton become those guys? Sure, that's a big jump. Big jump from where they were this year to where they would need to be next year. State needs a guy on Friday nights they can throw out there that they feel, hey, he's going to win. They need a Tanner Hall. They need a Paul Skeens. Again, I'm not saying you got to have a guy that throws 100. I'm just saying you got to have a front-line guy. you got to have your Ethan Small. you got to have a Will Bednar, a guy like that. If you don't have that guy, you're, just, you're behind the eight ball right off. As soon as the first pitch, you're behind. And then you got to have a reliable guy that can take Saturday, Sunday. And then you probably still also need to go in there and get two or three more arms for the bullpen. And then you got to hope that, you know, Senjay, Lofton, Sierra, Gibbs, Tapper, will Aaron Nixon come back for another year? I'm sure they'll crank up an NIL deal for him to try to keep him, but we'll have to see how that goes. Dome back for another year, obviously, so that'll be good for Mississippi State. Got some potential there, got some pieces. But those guys that you've got have got to take big steps forward, and then you've got to supplement them with some some proven guys. And I don't the baseball porter. You know, there's going to be thousands of guys. I, I couldn't even begin to tell you where to start. Couldn't even tell you the first name that you want to look for. You know, it's not it's not like a season ago. As soon as Skeens went into the portal, you're like, that's the guy. That's the guy you need to get. 
State came in second in that sweepstakes. Was it a distant second, a close second? It doesn't matter. It was second. It wasn't enough. And what is state with that? What is state if they had Paul Skeens this year? They're probably pretty good. They were good enough to win, you know, six, seven more conference games with him. He's he was good enough to keep you in those games on those Friday nights. And then it's a totally different season. That's the first order of business is to get the pitching coach. Then you go into the portal and you've got to get pitching. And then it, it, it when you when when February rolls around of 2024, you got to start hot. Because if you start slow, if in the first 10 games you've got three or four losses, people are going to be calling for Chris Lamonis's hide. He has to get off to a fast start. If I'm State, I would almost be willing to say schedule the, 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 the first three weekends the easiest three teams you can get. Don't worry about your RPI. Take care of that if you can win games in the SEC. If you're good enough to win games in the SEC, if you're an 18-win team in the SEC, you're going to host. But you got to have some early season momentum. It's killed you the last two years is not having early season momentum, and then it just keeps going from there. But in this year, where people are already wanting Lamonis to go, starting next year, if, it, if that first weekend you lose a game and then you lose a midweek game and then you lose the, next, the game the next weekend and you're sitting there at like 5-3, and three, oh, people are going to lose it. Absolutely lose it. You can't have any piece of that if you're Chris Lamonis. You've got to start strong. Greg and Jackson, good point. Stone Simmons should be back next year. Brooks Auger should be back. Those guys were good pitchers for State a year ago. Getting those guys back would be big for State. What will the players they might bring with them affect who they could hire? That's a good question. You know, if there was a pitching coach out there who had a stud and it was a good enough pitching coach, you know, you don't want to just bring in a guy because he's got a guy. You want a good coach, but if a coach was like, look, not only that, but I'm pretty sure my guy would come with, it's worth thinking about. It's definitely worth thinking about. But, I, again, you know, I don't know who those guys are. I couldn't tell you anything about Oklahoma State's pitching staff. Do they have a guy they want to come? Does the state have a guy they'd be interested in? Don't know the answers. Same with any other name. You, you put whatever name you want on me, and I'm like, I don't know. So, And that's not even you know an ignorance thing. That's just this college baseball, man. There's so many players. It's impossible to keep up with them. Mississippi State men's basketball got big, big news uh, on Sunday. We'll talk about that, and we'll look back and look ahead what Chris Jans is going to do in year two. Back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning, back here with you on a Wednesday evening. I'm Brian Haydad. 
We're talking a year in review slash let's look ahead. We just covered baseball. If you miss any of the show, it's always available in the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. Just go to wherever you get podcasts from. And it's right there uh, waiting you, along with all of the great Thunder and Lightning podcasts, rated again this week as the number one sports news podcast in all of our great country. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and making that uh, the case. Good interview on tomorrow's show with uh, David Ubbin of The Athletic. Good co- These college football interviews I've been doing, I really enjoy them. We're talking college football. We're actually talking college football. The, the sport, not the business. And uh, some good stuff there. I want to get his thoughts on Zach Arnett on Will Rogers and, of course, some other topics around the SEC. So check that out on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast. Men's basketball got a, I mean, the biggest news they could possibly get on uh, Sunday night when uh, Tolu Smith announced he would be returning for one more year in Starkville. Uh, and so Mississippi State becomes the only team in the Southeastern Conference to return all five starters from last year's NCAA tournament team. And now they've added, you know, a couple of, of high quality recruits that that uh, provide what that team lacked a year ago. Trey Fort, Josh Hubbard, those are shooters. Those are guys who can give you points beyond behind the line. So that's good news. They also added a couple of, of quality transfers. Jimmy Bell will provide uh, some depth in that the front court with Will McNair leaving. He'll back up Tolu Smith. It's a guy who started every game. For West Virginia a season ago, he comes to Starkville to be a backup. That's a good recruiting job. And Andrew Taylor is a very intriguing prospect, the guy who from Marshall who averaged 20 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds a game. Um, probably your starting point guard, to be honest with you. And a, a 37% career three-point shooter, exactly what the doctor ordered. But Tolu Smith will be the, star, the straw that stirs that drink uh, for, the, for the Bulldogs. Year one for Chris Jans is so interesting because – and I've said it many times, I had very low expectations for that team. I really thought that, man, if they could just be in the NIT discussion late in the season, that would really have been a, a, a start, a good start for Chris Jans. And all he did was say, shut up, Brian, and put his team you know, into the top 25 early in the season, uh, kept them in the NCAA tournament discussion the entire year round, and ends up making it there in his first year with a deeply flawed team. In today's day and age of basketball, to not be able to shoot the three is like not being able to, you know, run the football in 1975. I mean, you are just kind of in trouble from the start. But a ferocious defensive presence and the, you know, the ability to get buckets down low, a lot of that courtesy Tolu Smith put the Bulldogs into the tournament. So for me, I give Chris Jans an A in year one. I was really, really impressed with that. And I mean, I've said this many times on the show, but if you go back and watch Mississippi State's games, if you really, you know, really take a look at them, you see a team that almost all of their buckets came from looks within three feet of the rim or from open looks. State did not take a lot of contested shots a season ago. They didn't get a lot of bad looks. If they did get a bad look, it was usually something early in the shot clock Somebody playing some hero ball, but the but the but the bottom line is when Jans when they they ran the plays that Jans was calling, when they did what he diagrammed, they got good looks. Go back to the the final shot of the season, you know, uh, against Pitt in the NCAA tournament. Jans draws up a play that gets not only an open look for Shaq Moore, but DJ Jeffries is right there to tip it in. He had all the bases covered; it just didn't fall. That's why when it, when State was struggling, I was like, 
this team is still well coached. You can see that what Jans is doing there. Once he gets some shooters in place, he'll be fine. That's what he's trying to do, go out and do this offseason. But having Tolu back, having a guy who's probably going to be averaging 16, 17 points and 9 to, 10, 9 to 11 rebounds a game, I mean, you, you just can't, you can't overstate how important that is. I remember a conversation I had with Vic Schaefer a few years back when Jordan Danbury got the extra year of eligibility from the NCAA, and he's just like, I just added 15 points per game to my roster. Do you know how hard it is to add 15 points per game that you didn't think you were going to have? Do you know how hard that is? And he, I mean, when you put it like that, yeah, nobody in the portal. State, if, if Tolu had gone pro, State would have gone out and found another center, or maybe they would have gone with McNair and Jimmy Bell. I don't know. But neither one of those guys was going to average 17 a game. That's hard to find. To me, if you said... Who has the what program has the brightest future at Mississippi State? I'm, I would definitely go men's basketball. Chris Jans is a real deal coach. He's going to continue to recruit well, and I, I feel and I feel like with his coaching philosophy, people are going to want to cheer for that team. People Mississippi State people want to cheer for a blue collar, hard nosed team. That's what that team's going to be. Women's basketball is kind of the same situation, but they are going to be a little bit more flash. I think. Sam Purcell is bringing in some top-notch talent. I just said you know it's great to add 17 points per game. Sam Purcell on the transfer portal averaged got about 45 points per game coming onto his roster in his three transfers, and then bringing back Jessica Carter for another year, bringing back Jaquela Jordan. They've got a lot of good role players. I mean, we talked about Purcell when he was hired, and we said this is a guy that you know we know he's going to be a good recruiter. What kind of coach does he turn out to be? Well, the recruiting has certainly panned out. He had a top 20 class, and I would say his transfer class is probably top three, top four in the country. And you saw the coaching improve throughout the year. By the time he got to the tournament, the guy was was pushing all the right buttons. I, I really like what Purcell's doing there uh, for this women's basketball program. State state basketball, you know, you had the women there for, for a good stretch where they were dominant, but the men were just, they were tough to watch. You had one good year under Howland where you got to the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, the, the two years, you know, you had when Schaefer left, those two years are just painful. You know, there really wasn't anything after from the Egg Bowl to the start of baseball season. You just didn't have anything. I think those days are, are, are going to get behind Mississippi State. I think you're going to have two programs that are, are consistently competing for the NCAA tournament. Women's, the women should definitely start the year in the top 25. The men will have a chance to. I mean, you're returning all five starters from a 20-plus win team a season ago. That's going to get some respect. That's going to get that's going to get some 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 national attention. So, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to start the season in the top ten or anything, but if you told me that the first poll of the year comes out and states 23rd, 24th in it, I'll buy that. I would I would I would I would say that's about right for Mississippi State. I think there'll be a top half, top six in the SEC kind of team. I think there'll be a team that's sort of like that 2018-19 team. I think they'll start the year in the tournament conversation. Then you'll look up in in you know late December, and they'll be in the net in a spot where there'll be a four or a five or a six seed, and they'll just stay there. And they could they could overachieve from that, but I really do think that that's you know the floor for this team next year. At least at least for me, for my expectation level, is going to be to go back to the NCAA tournament. I don't think that's unfair. You return all five starters, including your all conference center. You add a couple of good pieces out of the portal. You add a couple of good pieces in the high school class and the JUCO players. 
totally fair for me to say, well, you should definitely at least get back to the tournament. I don't like to try to put, uh, this should be a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8 team, because that just depends on who you get, man. The turn, the NCAA tournament is such a crapshoot. You can't, you can't, especially here in May, I can't look at you with any kind of, of confidence and say, oh yeah, State's definitely a Sweet 16 team. Cause what if you get, you know, a sick, you're the sixth seed and you end up playing an 11 seed that's one of the hottest teams in the country or they're just a bad matchup for you or, or whatever it is. You just don't know. It's all about getting to the tournament and having those opportunities. Jans is going to do that, I believe, in year two. I believe Purcell will as well. Purcell is a team that now I might be willing to say, because of the way the women's basketball tournament is set up and you get those home games if you're a top four, top five seed, State has that kind of potential, in my opinion. So they might be hosting a uh, an NCAA regional. In that case, yeah, you would expect to get to the Sweet 16. I don't know if they're quite there yet, but, I mean, I feel, like, I feel pretty good about them. Because, I mean, like I said, they have... They brought in 45 points a game. They brought in some real scores. I mean, that's going to be something to, to, to watch. So th- those two programs are in fantastic shape. Really like where they are uh, right this second. Really like where they are in terms of the talent level they have, I, 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 in terms of you know the way they're recruiting, in terms of the coaching ability. I feel like Mississippi State has two of the top you know, in terms of men's and women's, I really like where State sits, not only in the conference but nationally. I think they've they've got you know Jans is a lot more of a proven commodity, but I think the ceiling on Purcell is very very high. Could he get the program to where Vic Schaefer had it? I don't know the answer to that. That would be tough. You need some some top quality players. The good news is he's a great recruiter, so maybe he can go out there and find a player like a Victoria Vivians, a player like a Tierra McCowan. I'd love to see another Tierra McCowan. That's one of the most Fun athletes to cover I had have had in my time here at Mississippi State. Enjoyed watching her play so so much. Let's do the big one when we come back. Let's talk about football. What kind of grade am I going to give out and what kind of uh future do I foresee? I'm a lot more optimistic than some people on the radio, evidently. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you've got it. Back here with you on a Wednesday evening. I like that song. That's a new band around. There's a Mississippi band. You guys should check them out. They're called Miss Bloom. Uh, their, their album Slick Vanity is available on all your music streaming pat- platforms. That's a good local band playing real rock music here in Mississippi. Check them out if you have not done so all, already. They play they play uh, around the Jackson area a good bit. Uh, I know they played at Howlin' Miles. They played at Martin's. So check them out uh, if you have not. Ms. Bloom is the name of the band. If you haven't already, speaking of things you need to have done, if you haven't already, make sure you bookmark the uh, Super Talk website, supertalk.fm. That is a great one-stop shop for all the news, 
uh, here in the state, politics, local news, crime, uh, and, of course, a lot of the good stuff that's going on in the state. We, we, we definitely like to highlight that. And, of course, for sports, state, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, high school sports, we've got it all. And the best part of all is, in these trying times, we charge you absolutely nothing for it. You just go to supertalk.fm and you can read the news, the sports, all of our podcasts, all of our shows right there, free of charge. What about football? Somebody on Sports Talk Mississippi, and I don't want to name any names, but somebody nailed that prediction. Somebody, not only did he say eight and four, but he told you who they were going to beat and who they were going to lose to. Now, that's somebody I would listen to when it comes to the 2023 season. For 2022, I mean, I, I feel like B, B plus, you know, it can't be an A when you had that loss to Kentucky on there. That one loss prevents it from being an A. If you go, if I if I go into a season, if I had told you prior to the season last year that State was going to lose to LSU, Alabama, and Georgia, nobody says anything. They're like, well, that's fine. Those three are the best teams in the country. No issues, no worries moving forward. The Kentucky loss was to a bad team. That was a bad team, and not only that, you played poorly. I can't, I can't give an A, so I'll say B, because it, it it was really a question of what might have been. If you're nine and three, I mean, how different is your is your your perception, your bowl game? You're probably ranked in the top fifteen. That's how, that that loss cost Mississippi State. And also, State took a step back last year offensively. Rodgers was not as as effective. State showed at times they could run the football, but then they would just get away from it inexplicably at times. Don't think that'll happen this year. So B, B feels right, you know? And look, don't, don't think it wasn't trending towards a D until they found their way in Oxford. When they got that Egg Bowl win, that helped them a ton. I mean, because they put them back in. Eight and four, everybody was happy. Everybody was thrilled. Win the bowl game, that's great. And now you move forward into a, a new era of Mississippi State football, not one that you wanted to enter into. Obviously, Mississippi, I, I, I think I speak for ever. I think I, I don't like to do this too often. I don't like to speak for everybody too often, right? But I think I can do that in this situation. I could say I think Mississippi State fans, to a person, would like Mike Leach to still be the head coach at Mississippi State. I mean, there's just no getting around that, right? And I, I wonder sometimes what this team, people would think of this team if, if Leach were still there. I think it would be getting a lot more respect, to be honest with you. I think it would be getting a lot more uh, cachet in the, in the preseason. Because you'd have Rodgers back for his fourth year in the air raid, and he'd bring back all these players, and and Leach. I think people are like, all right, this is the year where they take off at Mississippi State, and then you know you lose Mike, and you you make some changes, and it, it becomes there's questions. You know, people are going to have questions about teams with first year head coaches. Black Hornet's never been a head coach. You're going to have questions because you don't have a track record. You don't have a resume to put it on. So I get that. I get why there's questions. But Mississippi State has made a pretty good living over the past decade or so of answering questions in the, in the preseason. If you pick State last, they are almost guaranteed not to finish last. When's the last time State finished last in the West? I guess it was the COVID year. But, I mean, that was the COVID year. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to write that one off, to be totally honest with you. In non-COVID years, when's the last time State was last in the West? 2008? 
I don't even know if that team was last. I'd have to go back and look. 2006? Yeah, they, 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 just, they, they, they just don't finish last. So people who have them predicted to finish last and are talking about, oh, well, 6-6 six and six is about the best they can do. I don't buy into that. Not for one second. This team, first off, they have an experienced quarterback who's going to have a good year, I feel. That is half the battle won right there. I always go back to 2015, guys, and I got into some long debates with, with college football people who were picking State last that year. I was like, State has the potential, has the first team All-SEC quarterback preseason. The All-SEC quarterback has never finished last. Only once in the history of the conference has he finished with a losing record, going back to 1980. And people, you know, they had Dak Prescott, but they're going to finish last? No chance. Same thing here. I'm not saying Will Rogers will be your first-team All-SEC quarterback, although he was uh, second-team preseason All-SEC quarterback from a uh, from a publication earlier this week. That's the focus of tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning. Athlon Sports named him second-team All-SEC. So if you're telling me i got the second-team All-SEC quarterback, they're not finishing last. Simple as that. They're probably going to finish around what they did last year, and they have the potential to be a little bit better. You know, that South Carolina game is so huge. That's 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 the swing game of the season. But if they win that game, they're probably winning eight. And I, why is that such a stretch? Why? Are, I've seen a lot of people who are like I don't know, I mean, and I get it because of Arnett. You just don't know. But Arnett came into a team. Remember how that defense was in 2020? There was a lot of this is going to be one of the worst defenses in Mississippi State history. You know, you lost so much talent over the previous two years, and, and it, you, just, you just weren't sure. And all he did was go out there and put together a pretty good defense. Good enough for State to have won quite a few games. They just weren't good enough offensively that season. In 2021, they were a little better. Again, I mean, I, I've said it many times, There's not a, I don't think there's a single game where I can point to the defense and say, defense lost this game. Now, they've had games where they didn't play their best, but there has never been a game where it was just like defense, you know, where state lost 46 45. But they just they couldn't they just couldn't stop the other team. No, that hasn't happened. So I have some faith in Arnett. I have some belief in him. I think I think he was on the path to be a head coach. And, you know, life threw him this and he he jumped on the opportunity. But I mean, and look, this is me telling you this, guys. I made a brand out of being negative. It's the reason I'm in the seat. But there is like an overwhelming negativity about this football team that I, I just I personally can't get behind. Look, if they were bad, I, I tell you, you, you guys know me, right? If they were bad, I tell you they were bad. I tell you they weren't going to have a chance. I, I just don't feel like that's the issue. I feel like they have enough talent offensively. They have good skill position guys. They got an experienced quarterback. And then defensively, they bring back some of, some of the best players. You know, Watson, Crumity, Johnson is a great trio to build around. I feel like they've done well enough in the transfer portal with some of their their guys in the defensive backfield. They're going to fill those holes there. That, that's where the, the the really only the the real only question I have about this team is in the, the secondary because you got to replace three starting safeties and and the best cornerback in college football. I said it. But State has made a pretty good living these past few years replacing NFL cornerbacks. Replaced Cam Dantzler, replaced uh, Martin Emerson. They'll replace Emmanuel Forbes. They'll find another guy to go out there and pick off four or five passes this year. 
So people are down on this team, and I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I don't understand, you know, what's not to like? They've got good players. I mean, they've got, from a special team standpoint, they've got the best two return men in the country. Tulu Griffin and Zayvon Thomas, they're going to put State in plus situations all year. Defensively, they should be plenty good. And then offensively, I mean, Rodgers, I think he'll be just fine in this new system. He's what? What is going to what is going to be thrown at him that he hasn't seen before? And what Zach Arnett said to me, in, you know, kind of jokingly, is true. It's it's it. They're not running the triple option over there. This offense is still going to be tailored around a lot of the stuff Will Rogers can do. Oh, and they have added a running co- component at the quarterback position, and Mike Reich will give them a, a, an extra, you know, an extra look, an extra ability. There's a lot to like about this Mississippi State football team. Again, everybody last year was saying last place. They finished third. They finished third in the West. I don't know. I don't think enough people realize that. LSU won the West, and then Alabama, and then third was Mississippi State. What, what, what are we doing? Why? Why are we so low on this team? I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. That's just me, though. George from West Point. George is a guy like me. He keeps it real. I'm going to say Mississippi State will have eight to nine wins this coming season. I think eight is 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 good. I think it's it's a good. I think that's a good prediction. Alabama, LSU, probable losses. The rest of the way, can they go eight and two? I think so. They can get their four non-conference and four conference wins. Why not? Don't don't. I don't buy into the negativity. You shouldn't either. Be judicious in where you get your sports talk radio, what I would try to tell you. Back in a minute to wrap it up. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. It's not about Mississippi State, but I'm going to tie it in. Michael Borky, I just retweeted this. It's from Billy Lucci. If you don't know who that is, you should. He he runs Texags, which is a huge Texas A&M site connected with The Athletic. Uh, I'll just read part of the quote here. It says, and yes, Ole Miss is broke, despite the article's desperate attempt to explain how that's not the case. Talking about NIL money. One thing I've learned this week is that nobody knows more about your school's NIL than other teams, fans, and media. You don't know because your your team's collective, for the most part, doesn't put that information out there, right? State, Ole Miss. You, know, you might have an idea, but they're not to say, like, here's our balance sheets, take a look. But somehow, fans from other schools and media from other schools have this information. I don't think you can FOI it. I don't think. 
Yeah, that's a private business. I don't think you can just get their financial records. But they'll sure tell you how much money you got. People just making stuff up out here. People talk Mississippi State's NIL like, oh, they're they're in poor shape. And the guy who directs it's like, ah, it's, that's not the case. Now, granted, if it was the case, I don't think he'd just be like, yes, we're broke. But at the same time, there's a way to word that like, we're doing okay, but we could be doing better. We need your help. You know, but when the guy who comes out and says, yeah, that's not that's not right. I mean, how are y'all getting this information? I want to know. I need these sources. I need to know how I can find out what's in the Florida and the uh, the Tennessee war chest. Get an idea. Yeah, people writing articles out there talking about NIL, like like they know something. They don't know anything. They're just telling you what they want you to hear, or they're telling you what you want to hear. That's what's happening. Goodness gracious. NIL. You know, the recruiting. Now, look, is, is State's high school recruiting going as good as it needs to? No, not at all. And is NIL playing a role in that? Probably. But I don't think it's because State's just like, well, we don't have the money. I think they've made a conscientious effort, whether I agree with it or not, to focus on player retention and the transfer portal. Fine. See how they'll see how the results pan out in the end. But this idea that's going around there, especially with state, is this and look, look, you know, eight months ago, nine months ago, when certain other people were in charge, when certain other people were handing out the NIL reins to a guy to give it to baseball, yeah, state was in a bad spot. But that's been corrected. And now they're they're in the right spot. They're in a good spot. Just making stuff up out there. A good friend of mine always says, anybody can go on the Internet and say anything. It's true. Go out there. And, I always think of the uh, that movie uh, Blue Chips where, where we talk about what, what is alleged. If I allege this, it doesn't mean you did it. It just means I alleged it. I'm going to start alleging stuff about Richard Cross. I don't have to allege that he didn't know today was Wednesday. That was a true story. I'm sorry, he thought today was Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, I know it's not Tuesday because I'm sitting here talking to you guys at seven at six fifty seven on, on in the evening. If it was Tuesday. I'd have been home for fifty seven minutes or close to it. Too many state fans are completely unrealistic. They want ten wins. Find these people for me. Show me one. Show me one state fan who's like they want ten wins. Everybody wants ten wins. Who's predicting ten wins? I want to see that. Somebody on the text line the other day said for Ole Miss, anything less than nine will be disappointing. Ole Miss has won nine games five times in my lifetime. And now under nine is disappointing? Get a hold of yourself. Behave. Nobody's predicting ten wins. If Leach were back and State had gotten like two or three elite wide receiver transfers somehow, I wouldn't predict ten wins. Not with Alabama and LSU on the schedule every year. I guess not every year. Gosh, I was just thinking about that. Those meetings are coming up. We might be not too far away from seeing a schedule. Ooh, that's going to be tasty. That first one that Mississippi State doesn't have to go to or play Alabama. We'll throw a party. Ole Miss fans should be doing the same thing. Imagine if we both miss Alabama next year. should have a party in Tupelo, just halfway between. We'll all get together. Richard and I will cook. 
And it's, we'll have the first ever no Alabama party in the history of our fine state. That's what makes it unrealistic. That's how they act. Who acts that way? Who are the state fans that you know? You know the most positive state fans I've ever met, CeCe. I was just telling you that all I ever read is how state's not going to be good this year. I want to meet your state fan friends. I'm not seeing that. I don't see that at all when I look around the Internet, when I look at social media, when I look at message boards. I see a bunch of state fans saying, ah, we might win seven this year if we're lucky. We're hanging out with different circles, my friend. All right, back next week for Thunder and Lightning Live. Back tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi. Back tomorrow on the Thunder and Lightning Podcast. A lot of good stuff. We'll keep it coming. Talk to you guys very soon. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.